Well, hello, sweetie darlings. This is T, Tiffany Lee Brown from Burning Tarot, and you are tuned into Burning Tarot, the podcast. We're going to draw a tarot card today, and our card is meant to uh, give us a little guidance around the time of the eclipse portal that we've been in particularly as we come to the closing of that eclipse portal. And uh, people have different opinions about, well, when does an eclipse portal close? But basically there is a partial lunar, lunar eclipse on Saturday the 28th, or that's the day that it takes place here in the Pacific time zone, the west coast of the USA. 28th of October, and so you might be of the school of thought that says like, well, boom, right there at that eclipse, one twenty-four p.m. Pacific time, that's the, you know, that's when all the magics happen, and then boom, the eclipse portal closes, and it opened two weeks ago with our um, Ring of Fire annular solar eclipse. Others would say, well, no, the portal is kind of longer, it opens before the actual eclipse moment. It closes later. I don't really care. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man, everybody's ideas about this are valid. Um, but there does tend to be a lot of freaking woo-woo power that goes along with these, you know, important celestial events. And this is a time of year when we have a lot of woo energy flowing anyway, right? This is the thinning of the veil between the worlds. This is getting to be Samhain season, Halloween, Day of the Dead. So uh, I did a little podcast without, uh, podcast episode without pulling a card. If you're somebody who's really sensitive this time of year, or finding that this particular year you're sensitive or just plain having a hard time or exhausted or, uh, you know, nervous, jittery, wound up, um, might want to go listen to that. And then the one before that is about the hermit. And that's a very nice one to consider through our whole season, kind of admiring and emulating the hermit to some degree. And that could be valuable for anybody, but especially people who are super duper feeling the energies right now. Some may be uh, really energized by them. I have been having those moments of like, I want to do all the things. Uh, but then I'm sick, and then I'm injured, and then I'm sick again. And, you know, it's pretty obvious that for me, um, and this happens almost every year, I just can't handle <laughs> all the energy that happens this time of year. It's big. I need to chill out and take care of myself. We won't be taking a nature walk today because the cold or flu seems to have come back to me. So we're just looking at the forest rather than walking through it. If you're new to Burning Tarot, we usually wander around in the forest. And so in the background of the podcast, you hear crunchy steps. Here's me stepping around in my bedroom. Um, and we listen to birds and we just talk about what we run into out there. I do live in the same forest uh, where we usually take our walks. And so I'll tell you what's out there right now before we get to our card. What I'm seeing right now and it's interesting because I can't hear it. Uh, I'm seeing a stillness. 
I don't see any of our tall, tall ponderosa pine trees. I don't see any of them swaying in the wind. They're just standing tall and quiet. I don't notice any birds in this particular area at this particular moment. There were certainly a bunch of them this morning. Very cute, mind you. Little orange and gray things tip-tapping around. Um, I don't even see squirrels at this particular moment. I'm sure I will at some point. I'll, I'll stop and tell you about it when the squirrels are ready to go. But the ground squirrels might be done for the year. The little, uh, the chipmunks and the golden mantles and everybody. It's, you know, it was probably 20 degrees last night. 20 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, I see... What else do I see? I see all the pine needles on the ground. And the ponderosa pine needles, in case you've never experienced these before, they're long. They're like longer than my hand spread out. There's a word for the little cluster that they arrive in, but I've forgotten it. And they come in three needles attached to a little brown thingamajig at the top. And they're just lovely. If we had a more kind of natural environment without fire suppression, these needles would get burned off probably every couple of years around here. But since people like me live in the woods, <laughs> we have a lot of fire suppression going on. And because of the national forest basically being a kind of timber-oriented affair. Uh, so we don't allow fires to burn when possible. And so we get these huge carpets and mats that build up over the years of these long pine needles. They turn amber, this wonderful, slightly pinkish amber, as they pile up on the ground. And they're very soft. I mean, they're spiky, you know, they're pine needles. But when they collect like that, they're wonderful to walk across or sit on. So that's our outside world that we're checking in with today. We're not going to smell it or hear it. We're just looking through a pane of glass. And sometimes that's good enough. Um, I have a chronic illness, chronic recurring illness, two of them, myself. And so I know that sometimes we are stuck inside or we're stuck in bed. And we can't just go frolicking around in nature or we're on lockdown during COVID and we can't go frolicking around in nature or we live in a big city and our access to nature is really limited. And so for those times, it's important to, <clears throat> excuse me, to celebrate the nature that we do have access to. Just by looking out a window, <clears throat> if we're outside near our homes, admiring a weed that's pushing its way up, through the pavement and all that sort of fun stuff. Our card today is coming from the classic RWS or Smith Rider Weight Deck Centennial Edition thereof. And we have drawn today a very interesting card that you won't find in the average tarot deck. <clears throat> Now, you've heard me talk before about Pixie. 
She is Pamela Coleman-Smith, the wonderful illustrator who uh, and mystic and magic practitioner and um, interesting life story gal about town uh, back in the early 20th century who was brought on to do the illustrations when Arthur Waite um, wanted to make this tarot deck. Uh, and for years, her name was not on the deck. It was just called, when I, when I was learning tarot, tarot if you prefer, we called it the Rider Waite. And that's how you would ask for it at a store. There weren't 40 million different tarot decks back then, but there were some. And this was the classic one that kind of almost everybody used, except the Crowleyites who used the Toth deck. Um, and so, you know, it's and the, the many, many thousands of tarot decks that have proliferated since then, a lot of them are based on the imagery in the Smith Rider Waite, which is now appropriately referred to, including the name Smith. Pamela Coleman Smith, also known as Pixie, some of what she drew and painted, illustrated, was really directly informed by what Waite told her to do. You know, we want to see this on this image. It's got to be kind of like this. Still, the, the artist does a great deal of interpretation. And some of the cards, depending who you read and when you're reading history about this stuff, uh, some say all the pips or minor arcana, she was kind of left on her own to interpret them herself. And so, and I think she's just a super powerful channel medium witch artist. And so she created this suite of imagery that just boom, struck a chord with people and keeps striking the chord now. Whether we're directly using this deck or we're, you know, um, going with something more contemporary and inclusive that has riffed off of her work, you know. Um, in the centennial edition of the Smith Rider Waite, they included some additional cards that are not in the normal tarot. Normal tarot is 78 cards. You've got your major arcana, you've got your minor arcana, four suits, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and since I've been in publishing and media for many years. <laughs> That's my day job. Um, I know what it is to like, what it's like to do a print job. So I think they were laying this out and how, whatever size of cardstock they were using, they had a couple extra spaces and Hey, why not print some other cards to throw in there? You know, you'll have a card that with a typical tarot deck, you'll have a card that says like the name of the tarot deck, Sometimes they'll be like in some kind of instructional card. And that's just to use up the extra space, right? Um, actually, I haven't done a print job like that in a while. I can't remember what that's called. <laughs> Where you offer somebody that space to uh, or find something to put on the rest of the job. Because you're going to be printing that giant piece of paper or cardboard anyway. So the Centennial Edition has these four extra cards, and most of the time I choose to leave them in the deck and read from them. These are illustrations that Pixie made for other things, not for the Tarot. 
And sometimes I read with the thought in mind of what she might have created that particular illustration for. Uh, more often I try to zap that out of my brain so I can just enjoy the actual card as it's made. That's what we've drawn today. We've drawn what I call the dreamers. And in this card, we see a person. Um, reading as androgynous or female to me. And they are... Uh, they're sleeping on the riverbank is what it looks like, lying in the grass on a, next to a calm stream or river. There is a tree or large bush nearby, and I can't tell what it is. Some rocks. And then there are the spirits. So this person, um, and they have like white Caucasian-style skin, brown hair, and it looks like we're seeing a fair amount of skin. Or maybe they're under a tan-colored... Oh, that is, yeah, it's just a sort of tan, light tan-colored maybe jacket around them. And they're lying there taking their nap. And rising up out of them, or coming down to greet them, is a creature that looks sort of transparent, a person who is sort of whitish, bluish, greenish. And she has long billowing hair and very white arms. And she's looking down tenderly at the sleeping person. Up above, we see some stars in a sky. And then there are four more of these spirit creatures dancing, flying around. One of them has two red roses on her head. So all that's happening is sub rosa under the rose. Love this card. <laughs> I get dreamy just looking at it. <sighs> so there's a gender thing going on here I like to point out. When uh, the fact that the Rider weight deck ignored Pixie's, you know, fundamental contribution. Even though her distinctive and funky kind of icon signature sigil thing is on every card, her name's not, you know, the deck's not named after her. And then that starts to be rectified by the late 20th century, early 21st century. And so whenever we draw these special Pixie cards out of the Centennial Edition, it's a way of saying women's creativity needs to be acknowledged. Women's contributions need to be acknowledged. And even if you are a woman or otherwise feminine-facing person, you, um, you may fail to do that a lot in your life because you grew up in a culture that undervalues, devalues, uh, and frankly abuses a lot of women and other feminine-facing folks. So when we draw one of these cards, the first thing we need to be reminded of is that there can be great power, creativity, and fecundity associated with the feminine. 
you don't have to be um, assigned female at birth or whatever to partake of this energy. We all have feminine and masculine energies within us. And what you identify as now or whether you're cisgender, blah, 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 it doesn't matter. You're going to have multiple energies flowing through you. That's just how they work. And it doesn't make you a better or worse person if you have those energies flowing in different amounts or they change over time, right? Like you might not feel all that much like, hey, I, uh, I seem to be... Uh, I feel like what's represented to me as a woman in this culture. You may not identify with that all the time. I sure haven't. And then there are other times where, you know, maybe you're pregnant. (laughs) And you're like, holy shit, I am definitely a woman right now. You know, you can go back and forth. And so whatever your relationship is in this particular moment to the feminine within you and to the women in your life and beyond... It's a good time to take a moment to appreciate them. Appreciate what the feminine is and brings. Even the most cliched, old-fashioned ideas about femininity have some value or can have some value. You know, if we're not brainwashed into deep misogyny, um, which most of us are. What are you going to do? You grow up in this culture. um, And then feminism tries to help us by giving us more options, but ends up kind of helping uh, denigrate uh, traditional women's work, for example. So it's a good time when we draw a pixie card to go, hey, you know, whatever form this feminine magic, this deep mystery of creativity and creation, fertility and relation, these Areas of our culture that are often assigned to female or feminine roles. Let's appreciate those. Let's do them well. And let's thank the people around us or people we don't even know. You know, people we admire. Uh, You know, I don't know. A writer in your local newspaper, right? Send them a note. Tell them how much their work means to you. A um, celebrity that's probably never going to notice it, go ahead and hashtag them in a tweet or whatever. And it's a time for giving thanks and having some appreciation. I'm going to take a sip of coffee here. Mm. And the sun has come out out there. So now we have like shiny, you know, kind of extravagant looking pine needles. No birds yet. No little critters. I bet they'll come out though. So we got that general feminine vibe deal going on. We want to do that acknowledgement. And here we are um, on the cusp of this special eclipse, and it's a partial lunar eclipse at five degrees of Taurus. Taurus is a feminine sign, earth sign, ruled by Venus, who is totally a chick, dude. (laughs) Right? So she's kind of this encompassing Aphrodite, Venus, encompasses a lot of what we identify as being feminine. Not all of it necessarily. Um, But she is definitely associated with um, different types of creativity, really deep appreciation for beauty, a demand for making beauty, and a deep connection to nature through that Taurian energy, 
fixed earth. Um, she wants beauty. She wants to, you know, embody beauty. And she wants us to pay attention to our embodiment. The fact, <coughs> cough, cough, that's what my body's doing right now. The fact that we live in these magical bodies and that we can adorn them and make them feel beautiful to ourselves or to others. Venus has um, the attraction principle to her. So she attracts not just like sexual attention, but appreciation and uh, different energies want to come to Venus and they want to give her things. They want to be noticed by Venus. And Venus does have her war goddess side. Uh, so she's not just kind of one dimensional Venus on the half shell, kind of like the painting you know, where she's sitting in the shell in the sea, and isn't that great? Um, I mean, sure, that's great. That's pretty groovy. So she's got a lot going on for her. And um, as we're closing out this eclipse cycle, we're also closing out a two-year uh, kind of group of eclipses where Taurus... And Scorpio, the Taurus and Scorpio axis in, in the Zodiac, was repeatedly thrummed, activated, moved, you know. Because uh, we have eclipses in these portal seasons twice a year. And most of those occurred in Taurus and Scorpio for the last two years. And so that's kind of activating Taurus and activating Venus. Venus also rules Libra, which is where we had the solar eclipse a couple weeks ago, which really kicked a lot of people's butts. So if you found that you were in some kind of weird energy hole or emotion, emotional state, particularly in the last couple weeks, I assure you, you are not alone. I've heard from many clients um, and my fellow astrologers in um, an academy that I'm in with them. Everybody's reporting this, especially among their sensitives. So, you know, it's a thing. And Venus has that sensitivity too. Like if, you know, she can, she can armor up and do war, warrior goddess stuff. But a lot of the time she's more associated with like, you're, you're in your body, you have your desires, you have your emotions. And we're going to have this lunar eclipse. The moon brings out all our emotions. Um, this lunar eclipse is the last one of those Taurus Scorpio things I was talking about. The last one for uh, 19 years. So you may find that uh, on or around Saturday, the 28th of October, you are actually laying to rest kind of a whole phase, especially with like depth of emotion or some kind of emotional growth, working with your body, dealing with your feminine energies and your relationship with nature and the earth. You may really feel it may not be noticeable for a few months. It's still going to be reverberating. Uh, Jupiter's going to come back over this five degree of Taurus point in December. So this is going to reverberate all the way through January. But you might start having this sensation of like, oh, this is an important moment or something is finishing up and something new is rolling out of it. And that can be uh, really fun. It can be exciting. It can be off-putting. It can be sad. When we finish something and wrap it up, you know, that can be, sometimes we're like, whoo, glad that freaking thing's over. Other times we're more like grieving, whatever it was. 
So that's a, a perspective you could take on this late October time, early uh, early November of 2023. You can just look at the whole thing and go, huh, this is closing out like a two-year cycle. What, what's been in common this last two years? What has repeatedly kind of bubbled up and perhaps disrupted me? And how are we going to think about that? What's something we can bring with us to this final eclipse and this period of time that follows it, which will probably take us into Samhain and Halloween and stuff, right? Um, and for that, we have the guidance of the Dreamer card. So there's a literal place we can go with this, which is pay attention to your dreams, your nighttime dreams. If you do dream work, do dream work. If you don't do dream work, at least pay attention and consider when you first wake up writing down the dream or you could speak it into your phone like I'm speaking this uh, reading into this phone. I have some of those lying around. I rarely listen to them, but when I do, they're really funny because I'm half asleep and so I can report on the dream very differently from once I'm fully awake five or ten minutes later. Uh, so your dreams are going to be bringing you some information that has to do with your unconscious self, has to do with your ability both to be in your body, deal with your body, love your body, and kind of release from the body for a while. When we're in a dream state, we may have this sensation of like, okay, I'm in this land of dream, you know, Alice in Wonderland, what, you know, wherever location your dream happens to be taking place. Sometimes we have a sensation of we're embodied within that place. It's not quite like watching a movie. It's more like I'm there in my usual body, even though my real, normal, this reality body, I'll call that real for the heck of it, right, is lying asleep in bed or asleep next to the river. Uh, my dream self feels like it has a body. I feel like I'm me. I feel like I'm me wandering through. God, I wish I could remember my own dreams from this morning. They were nuts. They were funny. Oh. Anyway, so that's one thing to be aware of. How the dream body is moving through with you. What that can uh, teach you teach us as we wander through our dreams. The spirit ladies that we have here in this card, we can look at them as someone who is coming to take care of us, really. And yet it's, it's part of our own selves. It's, it involves our ancestral past because each of us carries even just literally, like, you know, never mind the woo-woo, quite literally, each of us carries our ancestors within us, even if it's just in the form of DNA. We literally carry them and their attributes with us. Uh, most cultures have beliefs around those ancestors, how we're supposed to revere them, how we learn from them, how we carry them with us. And this is that time of year, El Dia de los Muertos, the time for building an altar to those 
ancestors. And you know what? If you have a bunch of family pictures on your wall, or you know, maybe you've seen that at your grandma's house, that's a form of altar to the ancestors. You know, pictures of present present family, pictures of of your great-grandmother, great-great-great-grandfather hanging on the wall. It doesn't have to look like a groovy, um, witchcrafty altar to serve that same function. It can just be um, a middle-class American frame on the wall, you know, of your Christian relative's house. It's serving the same function. So our dream selves often have better access to our ancestral woo-woo lineage than our conscious selves do. So this could get quite literal. It could be you get a visitation. Um, For people who tend towards mediumship, this might not be while you're asleep. So you may just have a vision of someone from your past or your lineage may come to you. You might just get the sensation that they're in the room with you. They might speak. They might um, seem to be bringing a message to your inside of your head. And that can feel, it, that can feel a little crazy making. Um, but if you kind of accept it, if you go, oh, hello, strange spirit, it can, it doesn't have to be too difficult, usually. Um, yeah, depends who's visiting and what they want. But it's a good time of year to um, hang out with them. And one thing you can do is automatic writing. So if you sense that someone is around and wants to communicate with you and, and you're not experienced with communicating with whatever these are, energies, actual dead people, spirit thingies, we don't know. Um, you don't have to, you don't have to have a scientific explanation for what's going on, by the way, just leave that shit behind. That's fine. Scientism is okay, but it, it only works for part of our worlds. And then we have this other inexplicable stuff going on all the time. So we have to have other ways of dealing with it. And that's why we have religion and woo-woo practices and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you're not like a firmly devoted scientist atheist who never experiences anything whack-to-doodle weird, right? So yeah, if someone comes a knocking and maybe you're uncomfortable or you might sort of um, almost unconsciously start shoving them away uh, because they're different and you're used to living your day a certain way. So if you're having... It could come as a memory, too. You could start with like, wow, why am I having all these bright, shiny memories of the past? These could come up in your dreams or in your waking day. And some of those might lead into someone from that past wants you to act as a a receiver, as a medium, as a friend who listens. And yeah. So if you feel comfortable doing so, for automatic writing, you can just kind of um, sit down and pick up a piece of paper and just start writing. And if it helps, you can pretend that you are this spirit or that it's writing using your hand to write. 
just kind of let yourself space out. If you don't know how to start the writing, just start describing what's around you in this physical reality. If you've had a strong memory or dream, uh, you could write that instead. So, so ground it in sensory details. Uh, can you tell I'm a professional writer? That's my day job and I do creative coaching. So look, sensory stuff. Abstractions are not going to help with this. You know, a treatise on what you think the afterlife should be or whatever, that's not going to actually accomplish this. It's more like, you know, think of colors. Think of how things smell. Think of how something feels under your hands. Um, that kind of stuff. And you put that in the writing. Think of the sounds that you might hear. And that allows us to tune into our bodies and our sensory experience. And sometimes that'll allow this kind of memory or spirit to get itself heard in some way. Which can be fun. It doesn't have to be super freaky and scary. Sometimes it can be super freaky and scary. If you have that experience, not uncommon this time of year, and it's just more than you can deal with, uh, you just tell the spirit to go away. You have to decide that that's what you really want, and then you just tell them that. Uh, you can also put them off for a while, usually. And it helps if you stand up, you know, and if you're, you're in a busy place, you, you know, whatever, go hide in a bathroom and do this. You stand up so that you're standing tall with your feet uh, squarely beneath your hips, you know, taking a deep breath. You're strong, you're planted firmly on the ground, don't lock your knees, you know, just like the position you would be in um, where you would feel confident and very stable, you know. Put your hands on your hips if you need to. Hold out your hand like a, mm-mm, you know, oh, well, no, you didn't, that kind of motion, uh, even though you're not talking to a, you know, physical reality person, but that motion can help. Because that helps align your body and your intention. So you can go, no, stop. I'm not available for this right now. You can visit me in a few days. And just hold that position and firmly ask them to go away for a few days. Alternately, it could be like you hold up and go, no, I never want to see you again. Get out. Get out now. Do not come back. It is okay for you to say that. Um, if you feel strongly that it's the right thing to say, even if you don't know <laughs> who this is that's coming to visit, sometimes you'll just know that it's a fucked up and wrong uh, situation or that you're not the person to become involved with whoever it is. I have this problem because I am, you know, I am prone to mediumship and I'm not super great at controlling it. So I have this problem when, uh, friends will tell me about someone close to them who died recently and a lot of the times just that's all it takes for the newly dead person to somehow pick up on me and go and come and sometimes they come to me with stuff it's like wow this is I don't belong here and so I have learned how to put up the hand or whatever and say okay go away and to maybe tell my friend somebody from your end who knows this person needs to open up a channel for them to communicate or go find a medium and pay them to 
to their job and talk to the dead for you, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's taking me a while to figure out, like, I don't want to do it. It's too much. Um, so anyway, your experience of it might not feel so literal or, um, or intense, but during this time of dreaming and of, you know, moons being eclipsed and Venus and all this good juicy dreamer card stuff, uh, you might find that that's happening. So if you can do a session of automatic writing um, or talking, you can just talk out loud like I'm doing right now to this invisible person. Um, you can let them talk through you. That can be weird, but you can do it if you want. Uh, and it, with all of these things, you want to be somewhere where you feel safe. You want to understand that you're grounded and you don't want to let the energy into you more than is necessary, you know, more than it feels comfortable to you. A lot of the times when we kind of open this kind of box, Pandora's box of wacky woo-woo stuff, um, sometimes it's just something from you that's coming out. It's your hidden inner voice that knows about something. So it totally makes sense that you would be the person to give it voice, Right? But it could be, you know, a different entity somehow that needs voicing. So be careful out there. And if you have practices out there to keep your space protected or stay grounded and make sure that you feel safe with this, you can do those practices. And I know a bunch of those too. Uh, if you want to, you know, book a session with me, we can, we can talk about that. I won't pretend to be the best at it in the world, but I have had to kind of fend off a lot of this. So I do know a few things. Um, and again, it might just come in the form of, of actual dreams. And so try to lean into those dreams. Try to dream a little, uh, like the Cowboy Junkies version of dream a little dream with you. You know, it can be really beautiful and soft and nice. And... There might be something of an emotional transformation that's taking place in a lot of us right now. And maybe it's been building up for that whole two-year period for a long time. And it's starting to release, transform, and change just in this late October. And then, as I said, there's going to be this lingering effect all the way through January. So um, it's a lot. If we're overwhelmed, I think this dreamer card also shows us resting. You know, the colorful, this life human on this card is resting. They are lying on the grass, sleeping. And it's only through the resting, through the sleeping, that the spirits are able to dance about. You can look at this card and you can see it as, well, somebody is lying down on the riverside and their, their own spirit is coming out of them to die. They're going to go dance in the stars with the other spirits and they're saying goodbye to their body. But I, I don't know. I feel like there's such tenderness in the look of the spirit that's closest uh, to the dreamer here. If she's leaving the body, it's just for a while. And they're going to come back. So it's a good time for rest. It's a good time for sleep. 
It's a good time for letting ourselves experience our kind of watery, dreamy depths. It's a very good time for spirit communications if we are up for those. We are not always. And that's okay. You don't have to be. Yeah, this is some good dreamy, dreamer, McDreamerton stuff. I like it. We also have in the sky the planet Neptune, uh, which is in Pisces. And we actually, Saturn's in early Pisces too. And that's another, that's an astrological place where this dreamy, deep, psychic, creative quality comes through. So y'all, I hope you have a fun time dreaming your little dreams and resting your lovely bodies and feeling into your Venusian selves. The celebration of having a body, living in one for this lifetime, enjoying and experiencing what it feels, giving it the rest it deserves, and the sensory pleasures and beauty that Venus is always, you know, looking for. And then kind of going into our dream world, into the spirit land, where body becomes kind of a whole different thing. I hope y'all have a very lovely season. Um... And we're going to have a super special sale. If you need a personal tarot reading, head over to my website, tiffanyleebrown.com. There's a link that says shop. Uh, if you want to go in there, you can have a, an entire 50% off. This is just for our little group of regular listeners. It's not for everybody who you know, listens to half of it. And, uh, you know, there's like 10,000 people who are supposedly listening that I think are all bots. This is for the real people. So yeah, you can have half off, uh, not any astrology reading. This is only for tarot readings. Half off. And your code for this is dreamer. D-R-E-A-M-E-R. Dreamer. We'll use all caps. You can get 50% off any tarot reading. And um, I'm just going to leave that up there probably for about a week. And I hope you'll take advantage of that. I've been doing just a lot of really, (laughs) really wild readings during this time of year. Um, You know, it may be harder for me to just exist during this time of year, but I I give really good readings, at least according, according to my clients that are like, wow, I can't believe you nailed that. I'm like, oh my gosh, me neither. Um, so what the heck, let's just do a bunch of those. Yep. Dreamer, all caps, tiffanyleebrown.com. Uh, tarot only, not going to put the big discount on the astro. Much love to y'all. I'm T, this is Bernie Tarot.